0: العلم أشراف مطلوب وطالبه لله أكرام من يمشي على قادم العلم نور مبين يستضيء به أهل السعادات والجهال في الظلم الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل واجد ان سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان الى يوم الدين اما بعد ان شاء الله تعالى we gonna go through two things inshallah ta'ala so this lecture is not going to be a muhadara it's not going to be a, a house sustaining lecture uh, even though there are going to be parts of the life of the Imam that are going to be heart softening, but there's going to be a lot of sciences and knowledge in it, inshaAllah ta'ala. And it's important, brothers and sisters, that a person gives time to studying the biography of the pious predecessors. Because when you leave off these people's lives, it does have a toll on you. It actually makes a person deviate. So the poet, he said, When our hearts become sick, our aspiration goes low, we're not up to standard, what do we do? We cure ourselves with your remembrance, the remembrance of the Sahabas, the remembrance of the students, of the companions, and the righteous people. We cure our hearts and an illness of the heart with what? The biography of those great scholars. Sometimes we leave off reading their biography and what happens? We turn on our heels. So, reading the biography of the scholars is vital. I forgot to write a beautiful quote that I came across in the kitab Tahdeebul Asma'i wal Lugat by Imam Al Nawi. But I will. Paraphrase it. It's from the book تهديم الأسماء واللغات. It's from the book تهديم الأسماء واللغات, and it's a statement of who al Imam nawawi رحمه الله. Imam al-Nawawi said that the scholars reading their biography, because the book تهديم الأسماء واللغات, it's divided into two. The first part of the book it talks about tarajim biographies. And the other part of the book, it talks about, and it deals with um, uh, language-based issues. That's why the book is called تَهْدِيبُ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَاللُّغَاتِ So the Imam al nawawi says, before he starts the biography, الله, he says that the benefit of studying the biography of the scholars is, and he states some benefits, and from the benefits that he mentions is that they have more rights on us or they have placed or they've done more virtue for us and good for us than even our parents because your parents sometimes may nurture you on dunya purpose whereas the scholars they save your hereafter for you and they're the ones who transmit this for you and he also says that the benefit of studying these scholars is if their statements oppose one another who do we give precedence to like an imam fulan says this and another imam says this. Are they even equal? We need to know their statuses and their darajat and their positions. So when there happens opposition towards one another or they have khilafat, we know how to do tarjih between their statements based on the biography that we studied and their lives. So it's vital to study these people's stories. Even Allah Ta'ala, he mentions in the Qur'an, when he talks about the prophets, he says, "لقد ولكن تصديق الَّذِي بين يديه وتفصيل كل شيء وهدا in the story of these prophets, is what? There are lessons in it for the wise person. then the lives of the prophets and the lives of the scholars, there are lessons in it for us brothers and sisters, that we have to understand. And by studying their lives, we realize that we're not alone in many things that we assume that we're alone in. The struggles that we think we're going through, we actually have scholars who have gone through those struggles, and what? They came out of it. So it's vital. And I cannot point out a person as great to study his life than Bukhari ta'ala. Or it's from those great people whose lives should be studied. And a person should go through his life, and Inshallah, Taala, you're going to see a lot of amazement about this Imam's life, and the way that I plan to go through it is every point that I think needs tadabbur and pondering over. I will mention Inshallah, Taala, and I'll say, look at this point. Let's place it on our day-to-day life and see where we are in regards to this Imam, because these people are the people who we want to compete with in terms of entering Jannah. Imam Al Bukhari was working towards Jannah. So we need to see that if our working towards Jannah is equivalent to this, or if, if, or if it's like this. If not, then we know that we're back on the line when it comes to entering Jannah. Are you with me, brothers? So the way I t- want to speak about an Imam al-Bukhari whose life is in two ways. I asked if there could be a handout. Have you all received the handouts? Or at least you've got it. Okay, good. So just follow that, inshaAllah ta'ala. The way that I plan to go over Imam al Bukhari's life in two, is in two ways. Number one, I want to speak about his personal life. His personal life. And the second thing that I want to do speaking about his life is what? His academic, educational background. That's the second part. I want to talk about his hayat. His hayat al-ilmiyyah. His what? His hayat al so, I'm going to talk about his Hayatul Shaksiya and his Hayatul Al Hayat al means his personal life. Just as a human, as a person, what was he like? And I'm going to then speak about the second part of his life, which is his knowledge, his educational. Sorry, sir. can you just change the mic? Hold the sisters oh, Can I hold on? Yeah. Just carry on. Carry on. Oh. So. Naam. so the second part, I'm going to speak about Al-Imam Al-Bukhari. Al-Imam Al-Bukhari's ilm and his knowledge. How is it like? So what I will do, inshaAllah, is... The first point, does everyone have the first... First, what does the first point say? His name? And where, uh, where he was born. That's number one. And the second one is what? The country, right? Number three? His upbringing. Number four? The virtues and the good qualities of this Imam. Number five? His residence in Naisabur. Those are the five that are going to be about to what his personal life. We're going to move on to his what? His academic side. Hey, what's the first point on his academic? He seeking knowledge in Hadith. Second, he's strong memorization. Number four, number three. His travels. Number four. Number five. Number six. His books. Number seven, then we finish speaking about the life of the Imam. That's the way to tackle his, his life. And then we're going to go to Sahih al-Bukhari, the book now. there are also two, Sahih al-Bukhari. What's the first one for that one? So we broke that one into two, right? The book, the way we go to it is, is in two ways. Like we go through his life in two ways, we'll go through his book in what? In two ways. Hey, what's the first one? The name of Sahih al-Bukhari. I did, I forgot to write this point. The name of Sahih al-Bukhari, we're going to go through in three ways. Insha'Allah, when I come to it, I'll explain it. Insha'Allah, ismu al-kitab, sabu talif al-kitab, kitab Okay. Hey, number two. sahih al-Iman Bukhari The narrator of Sahih al-Bukhari. Hey, number three. The number of hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari. Hey, number four. The state is مكانة al Bukhari. Number five, عناية العلماء على Number six, شروح bukhari Number seven, طبعات البخاري, the publications of Imam Bukhari's book. Then we finish the first part, which is منهج الإمام البخاري. Imam Bukhari Bukhari's Manhaj methodology in his book. We're now going to go into the second part, which is So, the first one is what? Understanding. The chaptering of, of his kitab, hey? Yeah. Number two? What's number two? The condition. Number one is split. Three yes. So number one is, is split. Okay, so what's the first one for number one? Methodology, Methodology in his chapterings, right? Yes. Number two? The appropriate, organization. the appropriate organization of the kitab and the chapterings, hey? Number three? Number four, the, condition. the conditions of Imam. Ima- <laughs> number five, the repetition, the repetition of Sahih of al Bukhari. Number seven, the the, the 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 virtue of one over the other. I'm gonna comp- we're going to compare two, Bukhari and Muslim. Are hey, you? Yeah. And number seven is Mu'allaqat in Sahih al Bukhari. So everybody has the kitab right now. Let's start with his. Let's start with his name, insha'Allah ta'ala. His name is... So I want everyone to focus. I'm not going to speak by myself. If ever you want to put your hand up, just put your hand up. Okay, it's interaction, okay? If you want to interrupt, I'm going to listen to you insha'Allah. If something I say wrong, correct me, okay? If something you want to add on, you're more than welcome to, okay? It's interaction. I'm not the only one speaking. But I have the microphone. Okay, the name of the author rahimahullah, I mean the name of the Imam. His name is... Anyone know here his name? Muhammad is his name. You have to know this now. Imam Bukhari's name is what? Muhammad. His father's name is what? Ismail. His granddad? After that? Mughira. Ibnu, so let's say this name now, we have to say it together. Ibnu bar-dizbah. Bar-Dizbah. is his name. Okay, this way of saying bar is the correct way. Two scholars said that. These are benefits you write down. bar is how you say his name. And two scholars, they said that this is how it should be said. bar The first one is Imam Nawi. An imam al Nawi says in his kitab, al Asma'i al Asma'i Wallaq. Al imam The first Imam who said his name is Bar Dizbah is who? An-imam 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 Nawi. Number two is Ibn Makula. Ibn Ibn Makula. Abu Nasr Ibn Makula. The second Imam who said his name is Bar Like that is Abu Nasr Ibn Makulah. Has everyone written that? So now, what have we got? We have his name, Sahir. What's his name? Muhammad. We also have the name of what? His father. His father's name is what? His granddad's name is. His great granddad is. And. Berdizba. Question, um, here is what does Berdizba mean? Has anyone looked up looked it up? What the word Berdizba means? Another benefit. Berdizba means zuraa. Zuraa do you know what it means? A farmer or a, huh? Sah? That's farmer. Naam. The term berdizba is what? Farmer. That's what the word means. That's the strongest opinion. We don't want to confuse you with the other aqwal. So berdizba it means what? Farmer. Imam al-Bukhari, he, he was a Muslim, and so was his dad, and so was his, great, so, so was his granddad. Was his family always a Muslim? No. Where did the Islam come into his family? Or what, who was the first person within his family who, be, who became a Muslim? Huh? Mughira. So he said Muhammad, Ibn Ismail, Ibn, Ibn Ibrahim, Ibn? Mughira is the one who entered Islam. So, Mughira, Islam. He took Islam. Who did he take Islam? Who gave him the Shahada and brought him into Islam? The leader of Bukhara brought Mughira into Islam. Does anyone know the name of that man? His name was... Do you all hear that Imam Bukhari is Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn Mughirat ibn Pardizbat al-Ju'fi. Have you heard that word? Ju'fi. The man who brought him into Islam is Ju-fa, Ju'fi. He was? The man who brought him into Islam was Al-Yaman al-Ju'fi. The man who brought him into Islam is? Al-Yaman al-Ju'fi. So here I want a benefit. I want you, I want you to all write this point down, which is that there was a view held by some scholars, which is anyone who brought you into Islam, you took their lineage. That's how it was. So Bukhari, he is ju'fiyun, not through slavery, not through slavery, because the slave, three times people take each people's names. And they take their lineage. One is Islam. It's called wala'ul Islam. Uh, you'll you see this very much in books. مولاهم sah? صَحْحَ You'll read that in books of Tarajim, you'll see that a lot. Mullah. you You'll read that a lot. In your books of Seer al Nubala and books of Hadith, you keep coming across that. You need to know there's three types of مَوْلَاهُ I mean, there's three types of wala. The first one was what? A person will bring you into Islam, you will take their name and you would follow that family. Just like what happened to who? Imam He's Imam bukhari he is ju'fi from that angle. The second one is what? That's, that's called wala'u islam The second one is wala'u itq person was a slave, okay, he takes the name of that master. That was present before Islam, and Islam did not introduce that. Islam worked with what was already there. Number three, does anyone know the third one? The third one is Wala'ul Hilf. Hilf means a person will come to a people and he will say, um, or they will say, You're a member of us from now onwards. We consider you to be from amongst us. Are you with me? And that's Imam Malik. Imam Malik is Taymi. Taymi is Quraysh. Imam Malik is Asli. He's from Yemen. Where did Quraysh come to him from? So Imam Malik was not Taymi. But his family, they had a Khilf, uh, confederance with a people, and so the name came from there. Okay, that, that happens a lot. A person becomes a people finally, he just becomes part of them. And nowadays we have what we call nationalities, right? So you become a British, huh? things like that. That was a form of this person is one of us. Those are the three types when you see it. Al Imam al Bukhari, which one is he? From the three? Islam. Huh? Islam. Islam. He brought him to Islam. Now we, we learn that. Well, we so we learn his name. What's his name? Muhammad Ibn yes. Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn Mughirah ibn Berdizba. Al Jufiyu Mawlahum. Al Jufiyu Mawlahum. So we know his name. We know his nasab, where he goes back to. Ju'fi is where we took him to. Where is, what's his place? Where is he from, Bukhari? Bukhara. And Bukhara, according to the scholars, is what they call Mawara Wara'an Nahar. Maa is uh, anything... I, I looked the English word up, but I can't even pronounce it, so I don't want to even embarrass myself trying to say it. But it's T R A N S, O, X, and then something like that. Google it up, you'll see it. wara al Nah, that's what it is in English. But in Arabic, the word Nahar here, it's anything that's on the other side of the Nahar. What Nahar was this? they used to call it. This ocean was جيحون. What was behind it was Khurasan, and two other places which were on the west side of it. Bukhara, which is today known as Uzbekistan, and... Tajikistan, and English is called what? Tajikistan, right? Those two and Khurasan. I would advise you, brothers, to read the Kitab Mu'jam al-Buldan. Mu'jam al-Buldan. Read this book and read what Bukhari was, like, Bukhara was like, and the ulama it produced. And today, look at the situation it is, and the way that it is. Okay. And Imam al-Bukhari, Rahimahullah. is now still buried in Bukhara, Uzbekistan, he's there. We're going to look at it later. And it's sad because his grave is built, shrine, excessively. Big, it's a humongous, shrine, and it's decorated, and there's walls, and it's ex- excessively built. Naam. So he, that's Imam al-Bukhari's name. Hey, brothers, have we, have we taken his name? Does everyone know Bukhari? Okay. Where was Imam al bukhari born? Imam al bukhari he was born in Bukhara. He was born on the 13th of Shawwal. 13th of Shawwal after Salatul Jum'ah. The year was 194. See how we accuracy they know what time he was born. And his death is also accurate. And the scholars of Hadith, this, in, this information is vital. Because somebody can claim, I met this person, I took hadith from him. They want to know what time the person died when he was born. So no one claims that they met this person and took hadith from him. Bukhari was born in Bukhara, 13th of Shawwal, on a Friday. On a Friday. The year was 194. 100 and what? 94. Bukhari was born, Rahimahullah, and I'm going to touch this on in more details, inshaAllah ta'ala. He was born with eyesight, but he lost it while he was young. He wasn't born blind. He was born with eyesights. His eyesights went, he lost it. And when he his eyesights went, his mother became worried, excessively worried. okay she became excessively worried for her son and what she did was she used to make so much du'a for her son that allah brings back his eyesight and i want us to ponder here this is a Mawtinut this is a point to ponder and to think over which is the imam's mother you realize where a righteous person will come out from what type of household would he come out from we're going to see his father later when we look more into his virtue and, and, and etc, but look at his mom now. His mother made dua, she made dua, she made dua excessively. Tawassul إِلَى اللَّهِ wa ta'ala She begged Allah Azza wa Jalla. What happened? She went to sleep, and when she went to sleep, in her sleep she saw Nabiullah Ibrahim. Who did she see? Khalilullah, Nabiullah Ibrahim in her dream. And then his, Ibrahim said to her, Ya هَذِهِ قَدْ رَدَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى مِنكَ. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given and brought back to your son his eyesights. Why? لِكَثَرَةِ دُعَائِكَ لَهُ Because the dua that you were making for him was excessive. Oh. You were begging Allah too much. What's amazing is I came across this reference, of course it's said, and also in the kitab, Shar al-Usul al-Tikadi al wal-Jama'ah by Abu Qasim Hibatullah al-Lalaka'iyyu. At the last point, part chapter, <laughs> Abu Qasim Hibatullah al-Lalaka'iyyu talks about Karamatul Uliyah and he adds the mother of Imam uh, uh, al-Bukhari in the what? The women who had Karamat. He added her to the chapter of Karamatul awliya The Al-Sunnah, one of the aqidah is that they believe Karamat. Al-Sunnah believe it. And he mentions with the conditions that Al-Sunnah believed. And in there he mentions who? The mother of Imam Al-Bukhari. She begged Allah. She cried to him. And that night when she went to sleep, Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala showed her in her dream, Nabiullah Ibrahim, Khalilullah Ibrahim. And Ibrahim said to her, Your son's eyesight is back. And in the morning when she woke up, (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 sorry, al-Bukhari, uh, his eyesight were back. He could see. So she saw the dream in the night, and in the morning when she woke up, Bukhari's eyesight, eyesight were back. Some people try to weaken this qissa, لكن half of them had did not allow it. In his kitab, Yusari, which is the Muqaddimah of sahih al-Bukhari, he said this hadith, or this story, this waka'ah, not any alim al-ulamai hadith ever weakened it. Every one of them, istifadah, shuhrah, they transmitted it, adad la And we won't, I won't mention the 40 plus scholars I came across, in their books they mentioned it. from Ma'immatul hadith. Not one of them said it's weak or it's not correct or this didn't happen. So we'll take it insha'Allah ta'ala. So we now finish the first point, which is his name, his lineage, and his birth. An extra p- benefit, which is his, how Imam al-Bukhari was when he was young. We also talked about his ballot. We didn't, Did we not mention Bukhara? We spoke about Bukhara. Now we're going to speak about al Imam al Bukhari's. We're going to speak about al Imam al Bukhari's upbringing. How was his upbringing? Rahimahullah Taala. Before we move on, does everybody understand that point that I mentioned? Everybody understands? Uh, yeah, any question? In his Hadiyusari. Ibn Hajar, he, <laughs> three places, three places he speaks about his biography. Number one, in his kitab Hadusari, which is the Muqaddimah Sahih al-Bukhari. He talks about him there. And then he speaks about him in his other kitab, which is Ta'aliq al-Tagliq. He speaks about him in there and then he felt that he didn't give bukhari justice still so he authored a book in the biography of bukhari alone and he called it hidayatu sari fi al bukhari hidayatu sari fi al bukhari that kitab he said i felt that need to go back to this man's life and to author a book in it so he did it this, the third book is hidayatu sari Let's go to the upbringing of Imam al-Bukhari. We're going to now go into the upbringing of Imam al-Bukhari, taala. Imam al-Bukhari was he grew up as a yatim, what as a yatim orphan. His father died, rahimahullah, wa he was very young. And so he was nurtured and taken care of by his mother. His father, Ismail, Al Imam al Bukhari's father, Ismail, we're going to see more about him, but he took knowledge as well. And he was a scholar himself, Al Imam al Bukhari's father. Look what Imam al Bukhari said about his father. He said, Sami'a Abi, my father had, Bukhari saying this, Min Malik ibn Anasid, my father took knowledge from Malik ibn Anas. Ismail was a student of who? Imam Malik, and this, another faidah that we take from this, is that as a father, you always need to remember, or a mother, that you need to set example for your child. You need to set what? An example. Qudwa. How do you do that? You seek knowledge first. One who doesn't have cannot give. So Bukhari rahimahullah, embarked on seeking knowledge, his father sorry, embarked on seeking knowledge. So who did uh, Imam Bukhari say, my father heard from? Malik ibn Anas. Not only that. وَرَأَ حَمَّادَ بْنَ زَيْدٍ وصاحف, و, وَقَدْ صَافَحَ uh, إِمْنَ الْمُبَارَكِ بِكِلْتَ يَدِهِ Al-Imam Bukhari said, my father took from Malik ibn Anas, and Imam Malik, and he also saw my father, Ismail saw, Hammad ibn Zayd, give Salam to Abdullah ibn Mubarak with two hands. Hamad ibn Zayd is an imam and Abdullah ibn Mubarak is another imam. My father was present at a time when Hamad ibn Zayd took both of his hands and he placed it in the what? He didn't do it with one hand, he did it with what? Two hands and shook the hand of who? Abdullah ibn Mubarak. Meaning, Ahmad ibn Zaid was honoring and respecting who? Abdullah Marak. The reason why he mentioned this incident is that my, my father was a, in the presence of who? The people of knowledge. My father was in that gathering. He saw this happen. For then, it's something big. You might think to yourself, what's so big to mention about two people's handshaking?" Like in, you don't really understand who Ahmad ibn Zaid was and who? Imam al-Bukhari's father, Ismail. We're going to see more about him. But he took knowledge as well. And he was a scholar himself, Al Imam al-Bukhari's father. Look what Imam al-Bukhari said about his father. He said, a Abi, my father had, Bukhari saying this, Min Malik ibn Anasid, my father took knowledge from Malik ibn Anas.